The title of the message is The Sound of Love. The Sound of Love. And I'm going to read from John chapter 10, verse 27 to 28, and I'm going to read from the ESV. In fact, you know what? Let's start from 26. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Verse 27 is the verse I want us to focus on today. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. As I said earlier, the message of today's title is The Sound of Love. And um, when I was looking into this message, I thought to myself, Lord, yes, we know that we're your sheep, but how, how can I best convey this idea that the sheep hear your voice? And then naturally I went to YouTube. And I YouTube sheep, actual sheep. And I was amazed at what I saw. So there's about 20 sheep, if not 50, 50 sheep in this plot of grass. And you see some tourists, I don't know if they were tourists, or they were visitors to the farm. I don't know who they were. So the farmer must have said to the, to the kids, I think, call out to the sheep. So the kids started calling out, the adults were calling out. I don't know what you would call out to a sheep, but nevertheless, they were calling out to the sheep. One or two sheep just done this and carried on grazing. And I thought, okay, what's going to go on here? And then the, then the farmer called out for the sheep, the shepherd. He made an unusual noise. And when the sheep heard the shepherd's voice, I don't speak sheep, but it sounded like the sheep were communicating with each other and said, hey, the shepherd's calling us. And one by one, within seconds, they start running towards the shepherds. And I was amazed. And the people on the side were amazed. And I thought to myself, how interesting that in Scripture, God talks about sheep hearing his voice. And as I watched this video, these sheep only responded to the voice of the shepherd. It didn't matter. There was one boy, he was trying to offer... I don't know what he's trying to offer, like rice or, 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 or sweets. It didn't matter who else was offering anything else. The sheep only were programmed to only respond to the voice of the shepherd. And I said to myself, there is a, there is a teaching here. So based on my mind and my background, I thought to myself, okay, Lord, what, what, what else can we talk about here? And is Alejandro here? Alejandro, Alejandro, could you come up and could you bring that speaker behind you as well, that black one, with your balloon? Now, I didn't want you guys to hear from me. I wanted you lot to hear from like a qualified sound engineer, right? Okay, so, Alejandro, I have a question for you. The question is this, sound, how does it work? Can you explain to us? All right, so sound um, is a very commonly known fact that sound is a particle, 
Okay. I mean, sound travels through, uh, through particles, yeah? Pause. So, in the air, there's particles. Sound travels through particles. Okay, yeah. with you. So basically, what happens is when a source uh, releases energy, this energy gets, you know, uh, carried by these particles. Basically, it moves the particles of air. Okay, well, so let's just stay in, in line with each other here. So when a source releases energy, it moves the particles. Yep? Yes, okay. that's correct. Um, yeah, because, you know, air is a fluid, so, you know, everything that is fluid, you know, flows. Yes. So I have, like, an experiment that yes. I, I want to perform. Please go for it, just hold the mic. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So, so basically, what I'm going to do in here is I'm going to release the energy that's inside the balloon. So what you're going to hear is a pop. Yeah, that, what you heard was really the energy inside the balloon released onto the air, so it goes into your ears, and uh, now you interpret it as sound. Thank you. Let's just clap for Alejandro. Thank you, Alejandro. <laughs> so let's put the science to what I saw. The shepherd released energy from his mouth, a sound. The sound waves traveled to the ears of the sheep. And what's really interesting to describe What's inside our ears is in this speaker. If you can see, this speaker has what is called a diaphragm. So in everyone's ear, there is something similar to this. It's very small. It's obviously not this size, right? So when air or the energy, the vibrations hit this, it starts to vibrate. It takes signals from the vibration into your brain, and your brain will say, that's an A, that's a B, that's a C, that's a D. Everyone with me? And as I, as I was thinking of all of this, I said, Lord, where are, you, where are you going with all of this? Just like some of you may be thinking, where's he going now? This is where I'm going. Sound, in order for you to hear sound, any sound, you need to ensure, you have to make sure that this diaphragm in your ear is working. If it's malleable, if it's movable, then it's just waiting for energy or waves for it to vibrate. If it's stiff, irrespective of how powerful the waves are, it will not move. And if this doesn't move, you will not hear. And I thought to myself, Jesus talks about those who have ears to hear. And the ears that he's talking about aren't our physical ears. He's talking about the ears of the spirit, specifically the ears of the heart. So now when you look at your Bible and you ask yourself, wow, hardened heart, what is the problem with a hardened heart? A hardened heart, the problem with a hardened heart is that you will not be able to discern the voice of God. If the heart is moldable, malleable, movable, sensitive to the voice of God, you will hear. If it's hard, you won't. So straight away, okay, I want to say this. All those who are believers who say, God doesn't speak to me, you might have a heart issue. Does God speak? He speaks. Is God speaking to you right now? Guaranteed he's speaking to you right now. The question is, can you hear? Do you have ears that hear the voice of the Spirit? 
And if you do, much like the sheep, you'll respond to the voice of the shepherd. Okay. Let me give you an, an, uh, an illustration. Let's talk about the significance of the words. Right? So we now know that our hearts play a big big role in this. We're not talking about our physical heart, we're talking about our spiritual heart. Our spirit plays a big role in perceiving the voice of God. I need everyone to take their mobile phones out. Those who are watching on, um, at home, I would like you to take your mobile phone out. If you're watching on your mobile phone, get a pen and paper. Everyone has to do this within five seconds. Quick, 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 quick. Now, with your mobile phone, I want you to write the following. Right? Today is the 12th of September, 2021. My name is, and whatever your name is, write your name. I get people, young and old, ask, ask me, don't write this, <laughs> don't write that bit. At the end of where you write your name, put the full stop, stop there. I have people, young and old, ask me, Andrew, why do you believe in the word of God? And I say to them, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed, or all scripture is inspired by God. So here's my question to everyone right now based on what we've just done. Who wrote on your phone what you wrote? Did I write it or did you write it? Shout out, don't worry, it's 2.37, we make noise now, right? Who wrote it on your phone? Those at home, who wrote it on, 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 on the paper? Who was it? Was it you or me? You guys did, right? Right. Point one, we have confirmed that you wrote that message on your phone, right? Whose words were they? Mine or yours? Mine. So even though you wrote it down, they were my words. The words were inspired by me. So if you ever wonder why trust the words, don't look at the writers who wrote the words, look at the word of God who inspired the writers to write it down. That's why I believe in the word of God because it is free and devoid from human error. It was just humans writing, writing it down, period. So I want you to understand how I value the word of God. It is the word of God. He just didn't write it down. He got people to do it for him. Amen? That's worth it, amen. Amen. Okay, let's keep it moving. So just for the sake of this, I want everyone to just be encouraged by the significance of the word. The word has so many benefits, it is unreal. And because of the time, I can't go through all of them. But I will go through these stuff and feel free to write it down if you can write down fast enough. The word of God is the source of faith. Romans 10, 17. It is the source of salvation. Oh. 2 Timothy 3.15, you may have to watch this video again. It is the source of truth. It is the source of freedom. It is the source of growth. It is the source of victory over temptation. 
It is the source of happiness and, 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 and blessedness. It is the source of purity and holiness. I could go on. There's so many. But one of the things I do want to touch on is this. It is the source of spiritual food. Matthew 4.4 4 says this. It said that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So let's, let's put this together. The fact that we are living and operating right now, God says a human cannot live fully by bread alone. In order for a human to live fully requires the human to digest, to receive the word that comes out of God's mouth. Now the words, the Greek word here is called rhema. It's the spoken word. So the question is this. As we read our Bibles every day, this is worth, this is a nugget. Some people say, oh, I don't read it that much because I don't understand. If I get understanding, then I'll read my Bible. Let me tell you this. Don't read your Bible to gain understanding. It's not a normal book like that. If you want, read your Bible until you hear him speak. I'll say that again. Read your Bible until you hear him speak. If you haven't heard his voice, keep reading. If you're still struggling with the issue that's plaguing your mind, keep praising. If you're struggling with with doubts, fears from whoever, whatever, keep giving thanks according to his words. Keep singing. Whatever you do, keep your mind, your focus, your attention on the word of God. That's so important. The moment you disconnect, the moment you disengage at least your mind, your focus from the word, then the heart, it just closes back up. Or it gets hard again, if you want to say it like that. So, one of the necessities of receiving, perceiving the voice of God is reading the word. Check this out. Grace, unmerited favor. Grace is also, it's the ability, a God, a God ability in you. When you're operating by grace, you have access something or have been empowered by God to do something that you couldn't do by yourself, grace. It's unmerited. You can't buy grace. You can't earn grace. It's, 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 you can only accept it. But it's accepted or it's taken only by faith. So when, God, when Jesus said, <clears throat> it pleases the Father to give you the kingdom, the depth to that verse is unreal. Let me make it more personal. Every blessing that you're desiring God to give you, that God actually desires to give you, is found or can only be obtained by faith. So next time you open up your Bible and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I'm getting bored. 
don't let your boredom stop you. Ah, oh, I don't understand. Don't let, don't let lack of understanding stop you. Ah, oh, what's going on tomorrow is affecting me. Don't allow that to affect you, to stop you. You have to understand that all your blessings can only be released or received by you by faith. And faith comes through the word. So that means we need to stop complaining to God. We need to stop complaining that, oh, there's not enough grace in my life. If you're not accessing enough grace in your life, then there's the answer. You're not accessing enough grace in your life. Does God desire and does it please him to give you all that he has for you? Yes. In fact, Hebrews 11.6 even says only faith pleases him. We don't naturally operate by faith. We operate in our own strength, in our own understanding. We have learned to acquire things in our own strength. But the beautiful thing about operating by faith, you de-learn all of that. The Bible talks about entering into rest. On the seventh day in Genesis, it says that, and God rested, not because he was tired. He just wanted to enjoy what was there. Let's talk about entering into rest. On a spiritual level, what it means to enter into rest is to walk in the grace of God. You can only walk in the grace of God by faith. So that means the very foundation of who you think you are and what you think you deserve is on the basis of, of, of purely the blood of Jesus. Nothing else. It doesn't, about your it doesn't matter about your education. It doesn't matter about your color. It doesn't matter about how much money you make. It doesn't matter about how much friends you have. None of that matters. What matters is are you engaged with the reality that the blood of Jesus is the beginning of your everything? And the moment information stands in front of the significance of the blood of Jesus in your life, the Bible calls that an idol. An idol. So here's the question. How many idols in our life right now? It's something worth thinking about. What am I knowingly or unknowingly accepting in my life ahead of God which is blocking so many blessings God wants me to have what makes us think that we can operate with such a selfish mentality what makes us think we can operate with so much unforgiveness so much bitterness and still think that we can walk in the grace of God Do you know the unforgiveness, the bitterness is the very reason why you can't walk in the grace of God? Not because he doesn't want you to. Side note. Knowing God and living under his rulership is supposed to be a pleasure. I'll say that again. Knowing God and living under his rulership the kingdom of God reigning in your heart is supposed to be a pleasure. 
And the interesting thing, the Bible says that we were created for his good pleasure. So many people say to, say to me, Andrew, you know, God's thoughts are his thoughts. They're not our thoughts. And they're reading from the Old Testament without a New Testament perspective. The reality is, yes, God has thoughts that are far higher than normal human thoughts. But guess what? In Christ, you've been given the mind of Christ. So the thoughts he has, you're supposed to know. So why do we accept confusion in our life? Why do we accept such lack of clarity in our life when the Bible says that shouldn't be our experience? And then we continue and we complain and we come to church with this idea of, well, you know what, at least I'm here. Oh, God literally forbids that mentality anymore. At least I'm here. I'm unhappy in Christ. And on Thursday, my cell leader says, go and evangelize. The reality is you may not be able to share the gospel with the fullness of joy because you're not experiencing, experiencing the fullness of him. Our heart is not responding. Our heart is not resonating with the voice of God. It's hard. We've allowed the issues of life to, to stop us from perceiving, from walking in righteousness. Not our own righteousness, but the righteousness that God has given us. You know what's really interesting about the word righteousness? It's not just right standing. It's the ability to do right as God does. So that means to live rightly requires the spirit of God to be living fully in you. But if your heart isn't in a state of being sensitive it can't respond, it cannot receive, it cannot resonate the vibrations that are being released from the word of God with the destination of changing your life. How does our life change in Christ? It changes when we surrender fully to him. When we allow, you see the Bible talks about, you know, abiding in the vine. Abiding in the vine is another way of God saying stay connected. You're hearing, keep hearing. You're perceiving my voice, keep perceiving my voice. If you perceive my voice, you'll be empowered by my voice. If you're empowered by my voice, you'll be, you'll be led by my voice. If you're led by my voice, it is proof that my spirit has filled you. If my spirit has filled you, you are known as a son of God, Bible. And the reality is, guys, when we're not, you see, people feel... <laughs> It's that mentality. We feel that we have, to, we have to work hard. I have to try my best to be a nice person. I have to try my best to keep the commandments. Listen, if that's your mentality, you are, <laughs> you're operating in, with a religious mindset. 
It's got nothing to do about you trying harder. Remember when you, before you came to Christ, you used to try harder. Look where that took us. So God says, you know what, guys? It's time to enter into your rest so I can take over. You don't need to work anymore, but do all you can to ensure that I'm working in you. And when that happens, you're responding to the voice of God. I want everyone to know this. The voice of God, when you hear it, is the sound of love. It is the sound of love. Don't look for love in marriage. Get married. Get married. Get married. Get married. It's good. Right? But don't look for love. Don't think you'll find love because you get married. Don't be angry with your dad because your dad didn't show you the love that he should have showed you. Don't be angry with God because you don't have enough friends and a certain amount of friends will will, will reveal to you that you are lovable. Don't rate the value of who you are based on the lack of love you have experienced in your life. But when you change how you think, you start to renew your mind, you start to realize your value cannot be defined based on good or bad experiences, but your value is defined by John 3.16. For God so loved the world, I might as well say this, for God so loved you, 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 everyone at home, he loved you so much, he wanted to take you out of that flawed way of thinking where you've been affected by sins you've done, sin done against you, and he says, when all Although sin is great, grace abounds. So that means this. Everything that we've gone through is overcomable by the blood of the Lamb. The question is, is your heart sensitive enough? Is your heart resonating that voice? Is it resonating the sound of love? Are you corresponding with it? Are you agreeing with it? Have you accepted it? Have you received it? If you've received it, you've believed it. If you've believed it, you beat it. And when you beat it, you do it. So many churches tell you, oh, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this. I say this, before you can do anything, you have to truly believe that he's made you able to do it in the first place. Your identity in Christ is the foundations of how you operate in life. Whoever you think you are right now is the reason why you have the desires you have, is the reasons why you react to people the way you react, is the reason why you have the motivations you have, is the reason why you think the way you do about yourself, about God, about people, about life. All from identity. And guess what? Irrespective of how well you've done, irrespective of how good you look, it doesn't matter. Because you can't base how you think about yourself based on what you look like. 
but the foundations that you are supposed to base what you think about yourself is based on the word of God. So here's some counseling. You're not in a good mood today? Read your Bible. Someone upsets you at work tomorrow? Guess what I'm going to say? Read the Bible. You're unsure about what's happening next month? Read your Bible. You don't know who you should marry if God has said that. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Don't just get happy with singing. There's some amazing worship music all around the world. But don't be that Christian who just sings. You have to engage with the word. You have to be defiant about this. You have to truly believe that without me purposefully, intentionally engaging, I can't walk in the reality of truth. Let's talk about Gideon. Gideon was hiding in the mountain. He was scared. God's first words to Gideon was, mighty man of valor. Essentially brave, courageous man. And Gideon responded like how I would have responded. Okay, Andrew, translation. You talking to me? How are you talking to me? Can you not see where I am? I'm hiding. How can you call me what I am not functioning as? And that's what faith is all about. It's not about believing who you are based on what you're doing. It's believing what God says about you. And from that place, it changes what you do. The word of God is invaluable for there to be change in your life. The word of God is full of wisdom. Okay, I'll try and do this quick. I like this bit. There are three types of wisdom. This is worth writing down. Sophia, Sunesis, Phronesis. Sophia, Sunesis, Phronesis. James talks about anyone, I love this one, anyone who wants wisdom, just opt for it. Right? Everyone knows that verse. The word wisdom that is used in that particular word for wisdom is Sophia. So what does Sophia mean? Sophia is the wisdom of God. It is insight into the true reality of things. Or it is theoretical wisdom. Yeah. It's theoretical wisdom. It's insight into the reality of things. So when in Luke 2, when Jesus was young, and the Bible says that um, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, it was talking about Sophia. Jesus grew in, in, in greater insight. How? Because he was in the Word. And I know that really plays with people's minds, right? Jesus, but that's not fair. Jesus was God. You have to understand that Jesus, yes, he was God. But Philippians talks about he didn't function from the place of being God. He was fully man, even though he was God essentially. 
meaning he had to go through the whole, the whole human experience of reading your Bible. And as he engaged his mind, aha, uh, yes, okay, so humans are like this, righteousness says this, he could speak it, he could share it. Hmm. He grew in wisdom, in Sophia, divine insight he was able to teach at a young age. Sunesis is one's ability to understand concepts and their relationships with each other. So let's say it like this. The word of God, when you open up scripture, the word of God, what you read is Sophia. Sunesis only happens, the ability to understand only happens when you are in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. This is, we've gone deep. When you're in fellowship with the, with the Holy Spirit, it positions you to receive understanding and rhema. When you receive divine revelation, it's empowering. Because you've received it, it is proof that your heart is resonating, it's malleable, you're perceiving the presence of God. You're starting to realize with greater understanding who you are in him. You can't educate your mind intellectually to operate from that place. This is a heart reality. So how can I use synesis? Synesis is... When you have it, when you have the ability to understand concepts and relationships and how they relate to each other, you can talk and teach. It's of the Lord. So at the moment, you could say, right now, I am functioning with sunesis. The highest level is actually what we're all desiring. The highest level is phronesis. And phronesis is practical wisdom. It's a force that makes you do and say the right thing. To walk in phrenesis is to reveal Jesus because Jesus himself is the personification of wisdom. So when you're walking in phrenesis, in in divine wisdom, it's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. So you have, via the power of God at work in you, you have the ability to walk in wisdom at all times in your life. Six words. How bad do you want it? If this this is something that's optional to you, then guess what? It will remain something that is there when you want. But when you realize or when you understand that this is everything, then your words will start being in line with Solomon. Listen to this. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. That doesn't mean be scared of God. It means to have a reverential respect and adoration, uh, you're worthy. 
Nurse. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's really a spiritual attitude. In order to have that, it really requires you to respond to the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God gives you the ability to have the fear of the Lord. But check this out. Listen to what it says before. Wisdom, the beginning of wisdom is to have function with the fear of the Lord. Let me just say it like this. When you read your Bible, Sophia, right? When you read your Bible, it sets you up to operate eventually by wisdom. Hmm. When you read your Bible, if you keep reading it, if you stay engaged, there'll be a moment that the flow of the Spirit will be your reality. Isaiah 11 talks about the seven um, uh, manifestations of the Spirit. The Spirit of the fear of the Lord, the Spirit of, of, of knowledge, understanding, wisdom. We all have access to it. The fruit of the Spirit. We all have access to it. What is the proof of the fruit of the Spirit and, and, and the seven spirits of God operating in, in our life? What is, what is its significance? When we are experiencing God in his fullness, guess what? That means you are walking in freedom in Christ. And the only thing that's stopping you is reading your Bible. So how about this? If we all go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 to wrap up this message. If you ever want to know, is my heart hard? I don't even know if I'm walking in the spirit right now. If you ever want to know, here's something pretty cool. So when you see the word love, this only works in the NLT really, but you can, you can it doesn't matter what translation. When you see the word love, replace the word love with your name. So, this, uh, this gentleman in front of me, his name is Femi. Praise God. So, Femi would be reading 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4. So this is what he would say. Femi is patient and kind. <clears throat> Femi is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. <clears throat> Femi does not demand his own way. Femi is not irritable and Femi keeps no record of being wronged. Femi does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Femi never gives up. Femi never loses faith. Femi always is hopeful and endures through every circumstance. If you ever want to know if you're resonating the sound of love. Look at the behavior in your life. The behaviors in your life are proof of what you're believing. And when this isn't real to you, if you're noticing that you are being easily angered, if you're noticing that you're not rejoicing in the times you're supposed to rejoice, if you're noticing these things, then guess what? Read your Bible. And as you set yourself up to receive those, vib those heavenly vibrations, God's love will fill you. And when his love fills you, 
you will have the ability to love others. And when you love others, it is what the Bible says, love is perfected at that place. 